Welcome listeners to a brand new bonus episode of Oh My Word Podcast. And today we have a really special treat because we have a real life book manager, Mark Adam from San Marino Toy and Bookshop, Toy Store and Bookshop in San Marino, California. I may have butchered that a little bit, but I'm sure you can still look it up and find the right place. Mark, welcome. Did I butcher that too much? I think you did great. Oh, yay! So, okay, it's a toy and bookshop officially, but you're the book manager. So what does that mean? How did you even find this place? What is going on here? Yeah, well, um, let's see. During the pandemic, I lost my previous job as a book buyer for a book fair company. And so this job happened very organically. This store has been around uh, since 1975, I believe. And previous owners sold, I would say about three or four years ago. And then that new owner sold back in March. And so the new owner was looking for someone to buy books. And it was just kind of the right job at the right time. Were you specifically looking to do something else book-oriented? So you were very specifically looking for that? Yeah, you know, I, I love children's books. It's been a passion of mine for a long time. When I graduated from college, I started taking continuing ed classes. And there was this great class at Otis Parsons. It was writing and illustrating children's books. And it was taught by Barbara Botner, who did Bootsy Barker Bites. Mm-hmm. Um, she's written quite a few great books. That's one of my favorites. That's when I just discovered a love for children's books. And I went to graduate school and studied creative writing for children. After that, I got my first job working for the book fair company. And that was over 20 years ago. Wow. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Starting from the beginning. You went to college with an intention of getting into children's literature or some sort of creative field, or you just went there and were kind of open to what was going to come at you? Oh, well, I'm a writer and illustrator as well. So oh, it was go. just, you know, I just wanted to improve my skills. I went to Emerson College. Which at the time, I don't think they have a writing program for children anymore, but at the time they did. It was small and it was great. A lot of neat people went there. Wow. So why did you transition? Yeah, I needed to pay off my student loan. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so then you were then looking to specifically get work that would be a book-oriented work. That job just sort of happened organically, too, because oh. I knew of the store. So it used to be Mrs. Nelson's. They had a toy and bookstore, but they also had a book fair division. And I had applied for the bookstore and then decided that wasn't for me. And then I was tempting and just felt really desperate. And I said, I'm going to do anything if I think I'm going to love it. And I got hired right on for the book fair company. And at first I was a coordinator working with the different schools. And after a few years, I took over the book buying. And that was really fun because I get to see all of the new books that are coming out. Yeah. I read most of the new picture books ahead of time and novels. The publishers send out our preview books, advanced reader copies. And so I'd get to kind of pick and choose which ones I want to read. And, and then the uh, sales reps kind of point out the highlights of their list each season. And so I could focus on which books I wanted to read and then order. Wow. So yeah, how many books are you reading about if that's what's going on? Well, I'm a slow reader. I mean, Ugh. picture books, I will read hundreds wow. and novels. I am a lot slower and I'm embarrassed to say how slow I read. But I think I read two books this month or three. Actually, I read three. And then I do audiobooks as well, but that's not the new stuff. Okay, there's yeah. someone who heard that you read three novels and said, wow, where did you find time to read so many? So the job in the book fair, which we'll get back to the bookstore in a second, but yeah. the job in the book fair is you're basically curating the lists of what's yeah. going to be available for book fairs in schools? 
Right, yeah. Mrs. Nelson's, uh, we grew to about 400 book fairs a year. So we went through a lot of books. And what I would curate, uh, we had very specific categories and a certain amount of books for each category. So I would kind of look at everything and then call it down to what I wanted to order. And I would replace about one third of the existing inventory each season. So twice a year, things changed. So there'd be new stuff all the time. Part of the paring down or deciding what's going to be on the list, there's going to be certain things that automatically disqualify a book from a right. book fair, assumedly. Yeah, for the most part, it's the sales, how the books sell. There are definite top sellers and then sleepers. So, like, I think our top sellers at the book fair, even kind of at the end, were Dogman, uh, The Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and the graphic novels and the gaming books. Those were super popular, so but whatever books in those categories sold well stayed on, and the ones that didn't kind of got let go. Are you specifically looking, like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, for example, that's a series and there's multiple, so is it automatic? Right. Whatever new book is there, that one's automatically going to make the list? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then, you know, if the sales ever tapered off, it would go. But I think we actually, well, even though some of the sales did taper off on some of the books, because they were like, I think there's 15 now or so, there's 16. Yeah. So we kept them all in spite of their poor sales for some of them. Yeah, people would ask for it. Huh. And then how does the inventory part of that work? You order those books for the schools, but then whatever doesn't sell, you got to hold on to, or do you send those back to the publishers? So we would order a returnable. At the end of my job, we had a, a point of sale system where I could actually see what was selling. And so if something wasn't selling, I wouldn't reorder it. I'd try to sell it through. If something didn't sell one season, I'd keep it another season and try to sell through whatever was left. So I wasn't returning it right away. And then the stuff that was selling, I'd order tons of copies. And then I was ordering probably like weekly or every other week to get stuff to keep coming in for our schools. Oh, wow. So have books. So are those books always on the move or you got have some sort of storefront or office space that, that that's um, piled with books? Was, yeah, there was a huge warehouse. Oh, okay. Uh, and so we had stuff shelved and we had rolling bookcases that we sent to the schools that had the books inside. So the setup wow. was pretty easy. I think sometimes books would stay in the cases, but for the most part, once the cases came back to our warehouse, they got reshelved so that the books would be available. If a fair wasn't being repacked the next week, it probably got shelved so that other people could use it for their fairs. Well, can you estimate? I mean, I don't know how much info you actually, or I guess yeah. you're seeing the books that come back. Do, would you say that do school book fairs do really well, or are they just something that's kind of like obligatory and they do kind of well for selling uh, you books? Know, it depends on the school. There were some large schools that sold an incredible amount of books in one week and then there were smaller schools so it really just depended on the school how I guess involved the librarian and teachers and parents you know how much they kind of generate that excitement for the kids and their love of reading yeah the school I went to there was always a book fair but it just appeared yeah. you know I never thought about how it got there or who got the books to go there right right book fairs are so I think they're such an incredible thing because the school makes a percentage they earn a percentage of their sales the kids get books and whatever encourages them to read you know reading yeah. is so important I think kids who read are more successful academically and then professionally in their personal lives so there's that component then it was a business and the book fairs do make money for the they, they employed me I got yeah. paid so it was like it's a win-win for everyone it's a really neat thing yeah nice 
Do you ever, yeah. in a very not creepy way, <laughs> did you ever like <laughs> hang around a book fair to just kind of see, kind of set up or see how things were going? Or you didn't, like once the book got, the books were there, like you were not involved at that point? Yeah, I think I've only been in a book fair when it was like packed with the kids swarming around looking at books. I've only done that a few times while I was at the book fair company. And so they do get excited. <laughs> Your job now as a book manager, is that yeah. basically the same thing except in a bookstore? Or what's similarities, differences? How does that work? Yeah, so it's similar, but it is different. So for the book fairs, I'd be ordering a smaller number of titles in higher quantities. And for a store, I'm ordering a higher number of books in smaller quantities. It's like when I was working at the book fair, it's like from week to week, I felt like, well, I don't know what I'm doing because there'd be like a ton of books on the shelves. And I'd think, oh my God, I ordered too much. And then the next week, a bunch of fairs would be packed and the shelves would be empty. And I'm like, I didn't order enough. And I would just go, back and forth and this will be my first year in a retail store and I'm sort of like I don't know what to expect for the holidays and you know I'm gonna worry well I ordered too much I didn't order enough and fortunately um, my sales reps say you know there's no way to know you just do the best you can and so that's what I'm doing (laughs) yeah I think you want your shelves to be empty because that means you sold your books. But if someone comes in and see empty shelves, they're like, there's no books here. Right, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. that's a kind of crazy balance. And then the store that you're in, what is its specific children's book? But what what kind of ages does it it specifically? uh, Yeah. We have board books all the way up to YA. And I would say the younger books are what our customers are mostly purchasing. And then we have a, a section of nonfiction, you know, science books, biography, history, some poetry and art books. So it, it is a, a pretty broad range of titles. Yeah. When you say younger yeah. books, are you talking about like picture books or chapter books or kind of what age range also is that? Oh, yeah. So it's, uh, we do the board books. Picture books, easy chapter, the I can reads, level readers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the whole range. Right. So do those books sell more because it's like moms or whoever's at home with their kids, they're coming into the bookstore as one of the ways to pass the time and they're picking up a book or, you know, you can't necessarily say it like that. Yeah, I would say the board books and the picture books are probably our best-selling items. And I think it's just the demographics. And we have a lot of people coming and shopping for birthday parties. Oh. uh Especially Friday morning and Saturday morning. It's just what the customers are looking for. Yeah. Well, okay. So for example, like the board books, this is going to be a little bit kind of like a generic thing, but assumedly there's probably like 4,000 ABC books that you could choose from. Okay, maybe like 40. So do you just, <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know, there's probably a lot. So do you choose your one or yeah. two ABC books and you just stick with them as long as they're selling or do you try to change those up also? Oh, well, um, I'm looking at new books that are coming out. So yeah. we're adding new titles all the time. I think like yesterday is new titles release on Tuesday for the most part. And yeah. I've put out, Gosh, I think we had like 40 or 50 new books come in for tomorrow, uh, for today, actually. Yeah, so it's like new stuff comes in and, well, it seems like most of the board books sell. So it's just a matter of picking the ones that are, well, having the room for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) We could just do a whole store of board books. (laughs) Wow. Can you imagine? (laughs) 
I would call it never bored. Yeah, or something. Wow. So are you ordering new books every week or most of your job is just maintaining inventory oh. or monthly? What's how, When do the new books come in? So um, depending on the publishing house, they might have spring and fall lists or some have winter and summer as well. So I'm, I meet with my reps and I place an order for each season and the release dates can be spread out throughout their season. So books can come in pretty much all the time, the new stuff. And then I'm reordering old stuff semi-regularly, you know, maybe like every week or two, I'll mm-hmm. place an order for the backlist titles. Hearing that books are being ordered so frequently, like, if, I don't even know how many you're ordering, but it's, it's so joyful yeah. to know that people are holding a book in their hand. You know, that, right. Okay, this is for you personally, but like when that order comes in with the new box of books and you open mm-hmm. it up, is there that sense of, oh, new books every time you're just kind of like, all right, inventory's in, get it on the shelves. Yeah, well, it's a little of both because there are new books that I get super excited about or, well, I don't know. It's like, if it's a book that we haven't had in the store yet, I can get super excited, even if it's a backlist title that I'm getting that's new for us. And then there's some titles, it's like, oh, I ordered that. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's like, it is exciting to get new books in. Yeah, that's best. <laughs> yeah. I guess this could also be for your job specifically. Do you also have anything to do with placement in the store or, you know, any of the shelving part of it? Or you're just or just more like an inventory person? Well, I have a little bit. I think we all have our input. All of the staff moves things around. I have certain titles that I've picked out and I've done shelf talkers for, so those will be face out. And, you know, just kind of easy when someone comes in and wants a recommendation. I can I kind of gravitate towards those. Oh, so you're also on the floor sometimes to yeah. be there for recommendations? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite parts. And I didn't know that. At my old job, I didn't get to interact with the public as much. And this I get to talk to people about books and I tell them how great they are. And, and it's funny because I someone asked me about the toy side of the store. I'll go, that isn't my strength. And people will actually say, oh, you're really good with the books. <laughs> nice. What are some yeah. of the more common questions you'll get? as far as either recommendations or just book questions that you'll get from customers? I think uh, questions are, well, if they want recommendations or if they're looking for specific titles. Most people have something in mind when they come in. Okay. Yeah. So it could just be like, where is this book? Or you're saying like, as far as like, I need something for a boy who's the age of whatever and wants right. to read whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll ask them, what does that child like to read? Or what types of books, specific titles? And I try to go from there. It's basically also like being a librarian. It's like, it's like both. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And then, you know, I haven't read all the books that we have, but I do know kind of what's on the shelf. And, you know, sometimes I can recommend something similar to something else that they like. Right. Is that the sales rep gives you that information or do you also do independent research? What are reviewers saying about this? You know, what shelves are people putting this on and, you know, in any of these book sites, like the Goodreads mm-hmm. sort of places? It kind of comes from all over the place uh, based on like what sells, what I've read in different reviews that I've read, what my reps say, sometimes what my colleagues say. It can come from all over the place. Right. Yeah. And then without naming titles, are there any books that you see publishers, like they push them so hard and they just don't sell? Or they usually like write about the books that they're pushing like that? Well, you know, it kind of depends on the market too. Yes, Um, that's true. You know, like uh, we had a celebrity book come out in the spring and I thought it was pretty bad. (laughs) And even the illustrations, it was a good illustrator, but they, I wouldn't say they were that person's best. 
and we did sell some, but we still have a stack left. Our reps recommended a certain quantity, and I probably went a little bit higher, but I'm sure somewhere else that book sold a ton. So it's really just a matter of the right place at the right time. That's true. Well, what do you do now with all your extra inventory? You have to just figure out how to sell it off, or you just got to bite the bullet on that one, or...? Well, it is a seasonal title, so it'll maybe save it for the next season and then return it if there are books left. Oh, okay. So I wondered about that because there was something, it was a few years ago when like Barnes & Noble was going through their whole, they were almost going bankrupt and blah, blah, blah. And I was talking about the business model of publishers. Is your business model as far as the way you're getting books or that you just said something about returning them or something like that? It doesn't work the same for independent bookstores and the larger chain bookstores whatever model is it, is it the same for everybody? I don't know what the discounts are for a larger store, like the box stores and the chains and Amazon. I don't know if the discount is exactly the same. I I don't know. But um, for us, we have the option of ordering returnable or non-returnable. And based on that decision, the discount is different. So you can order books, let's say a book that that you're taking a chance on, or like this celebrity book, and you have X amount of time to send it back to the publisher for a full refund? Yes. Wow. But the store will have to pay the shipping to return those books. Right. So there's that consideration. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you want it to be non-returnable, you'd get a better percentage for your discount. But you probably have to be a lot more selective with your titles. And then even then, there are probably some that, you know, you just can't predict. If yeah. sell or not. Yeah. And you might get stuck with something. You could also, it could be a freak thing in the media that also turns people off to a certain subject for like a few months. So yeah, yeah, you totally can't even. Are there any books that like this title always sells? Yes. You know, it's funny, you know, in a store, there are a lot of the classics that people come in for. I would say they seem to regularly sell, you know, like Where the Wild Things Are mm-hmm. or um, yeah. Runaway Bunny, uh, Make Way for Ducklings, you know, classics like that. Those books are always in stock and always visible. Yeah. It's one of those things where I kind of wonder as the generations progress, if those titles, if the classic titles are going to change as well. Because it's like, oh, we grew up with that book. So let's give it to our grandchild. And how will that translate, you know, maybe 20 or 30 years from now? Right. Because usually the classic is just because that's what's endured. And so it became a classic. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, it could just be everyone just kept buying it because they knew the book. So now it's a classic. Right. You're right. That'll be interesting to watch. Well, can you say that you've seen that with any one title that used to be popular and is not as popular anymore? Or you know, you haven't been long enough. Like you haven't lived till 100 yet. So you haven't seen that yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, it's amazing that sometimes books can have a short shelf life and others have longer shelf lives. If you're a writer or an illustrator, you know, you want your books to just like endure forever. And sometimes they don't. I, don't, I think we're all like in denial of that part of it. Well, that's other people. That's not us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so true. And then also just because you mentioned the toy part of the store also. So does that mean mm-hmm. that you're not necessarily pushing as far as your considerations? Anytime there's like the book toy tie-in, there's like a film that comes out. So they make the, you know, afterwards they write the book for it and then they'll come out with all the money-making toys and stuff like that. So you're not necessarily looking to pair that. They, they're two different parts of the store. Right. Yeah. We do have book and plush combinations that it seems like that's been kind of a standard for the store from way back, that that's a popular item. But our owner curates the toy selection, and she's had a toy store before this, and she just gets these very unique things. And then some kind of things she might find somewhere else, but she gets very unique toys, and it's a, I don't know, it's an impressive selection. Yeah. Cool. 
See everyone, check out San Marino Toy Shop, Toy and Bookshop. Okay, is your store within the vicinity, I don't know how many miles we'd say, but between 10 or 50 miles or something, is there a chain or block store somewhere, a Barnes & Noble around it, or are you um, like the toy and bookstore within an X you know, radius? Yeah, probably like, I don't know if it's maybe 10 miles, there's a Romans, which is a big, and well, I would say it's an independent chain. I think they have like a few, I don't know how many stores they have. Okay. That's a really nice store too. Right. So close and not close at the same time. Right, yeah. I think we're kind of in our own little pocket. If you were going to drive, there would be other stores around. Right. And then, obviously, this is a biased question, but what would you say is part of the appeal of going into or being part of an independent bookstore versus going into one of the larger chains or something? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, with the independent store, you can actually ask someone to recommend books that they've read and loved. I think in a chain, you're pretty much... For the most part, you can be on your own. You're just picking something because you think it looks good or maybe you've read the first few pages or something. And I would say we have a very specific selection and just a lot of great books, you know, not a lot of filler. So I would say that might be the difference. And then if you go to Costco, you know, their selection is like very tiny and very specific. And my favorite book of the fall, they don't have that one. And it's like I have a little sign near the register. If you only buy one book this year, this is the book. So, and not available at Costco. I'll add that at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I guess that means also that you have more freedom, more leeway to kind of discover other books and not just the big name writers who they can print either for for cheaper or the, the trade paperback, which is what you'd usually find in Costco or places like that. Yeah, so you'll definitely have that broader selection in there. Does the store also hold events with writers or story times and things like that to kind of become also like kind of like a, a meeting place in the neighborhood? You know, we haven't opened that back up yet, yeah. the pandemic guidelines, yeah. but I'm sure that's something that we will be doing once things open up more. We had an intern for the summer who was a high school student and he loved games. We have a big section of games and we had him come in and demonstrate games and play them with customers who wanted to come in for a certain period on, I think, Sunday. And I called him Sean the Game Master. Yeah, that didn't last very long. But, you know, it's like things like that are so fun and and hopefully we'll get to do more of them soon. Yeah, that does sound like a lot of fun. Is that also just people are just, just not coming into stores again or you're starting to see more of that? Oh, they're coming in, but I think, you know, we have to be careful about large crowds and the publishers, they aren't sending out authors right now. Yeah. They're doing virtual uh, events. Yeah. And then just to ask the question, have you ever had or do you have an option that if someone's self-published, could they come into their store to talk to you and try to sell their self-published book to you? Yeah, we do have some self-published authors on our shelves, and they're local. So, you know, it's nice to support our local authors. Mm -hmm. So um, people are welcome to do that because I know it's tough, especially, you know, for authors who are self-published. It's like that's a whole other job trying to promote your book. So people are welcome to, if they have a PDF version of their book, that's the best way because then we can kind of look at it without them having to send a copy or bring over a copy. But, you know, we will consider that. So those books, you'll always make sure to read because you basically only have their word or yeah. whatever they've got. Yeah. Everybody hear that? Take, <laughs> take note now. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we always wrap up with that fill in the blank of I love it when you could choose any of these nouns, you know, anything that you want to use here. I love it when, I guess you could do writers, illustrators, publishers, stories, you know, anything. Do X and I, you can even say bookstores. Fellow bookstores do X and I really don't like it. 
when they, you know, any one of those things do X. So how are you filling the blank for that? Oh, gosh. That's such a tough question. Well, I, for me, I love being able to recommend a book to someone and then just the way they light up and that they actually buy the book, that they get excited about books. Yes. Um, you know, that's like my job is done if someone's excited about a book. You know, it's such a nice community. We would have get-togethers once in a while pre-pandemic with publishers and other booksellers. And it's just a great community of people, especially the children's book industry. And, oh, gosh... I'm not sure. You know, it's like the things that I don't like are pretty petty. So, <laughs> oh, so it's still it's interesting. Honestly, I really can't think of anything. Even when I first thought about that question, I, I just didn't even think of anything. Oh, okay. So, I know it's like, yeah. <laughs> Well, like, good. catch me at another time, and I'll go on for another hour. <laughs> well, now, we were just talking about all the good stuff about books. I guess it's hard to switch. It is true. Like, I, from all the children's books writers that I've spoken to have met so far, that I've met so far, they're, like, the nicest people. They're yeah. all, they're, you're like, how come everyone should know about you, and everyone should know about you also? And you, too, yeah. everyone should know about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to celebrate all of them. Well, okay, one one more question. When you've recommended a book to someone... Have you seen them again? And they were like, thank you so much for that book. Or it's sometimes like, well, I kind of liked it. Or you usually get good feedback. Do you get any well, feedback? Yeah. I, well, I've actually like asked people, like I, I'll recommend a book and, and then I'll say, you know, I haven't read the rest in that series. So if your daughter likes this one, let me know. But I see people coming back and getting the second book in the series of a book where I recommended the first. And then it seems like other people start asking for that book too. Like the word of mouth spreads. I think it is a, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will you special order or someone's like, hey, how come this book's not here? You're like, don't worry, I'll get it for you next time. Yeah, we do special orders. And then like yesterday, someone came in looking for an origami book. And I was like, God, ah, we should have one of those. <laughs> so I, um, I brought some up on the screen and she picked one. And, and so I'm ordering it for her and then getting some for us too. Yeah, because there's a, a bazillion yeah. books. So how are you supposed to get one of each of them? Like, you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why customers are so important. Right. Okay, amazing. Well, Mark, thank you so much. I feel like there's probably so much more to ask about, but we're going to wrap up here. But thank you so much for your time and, and for speaking with me oh, today. Thank you for asking me. I really appreciate it. I love talking about books. Thank you. This was a bonus episode of Oh My Word Podcast featuring book manager Mark Adams. Find out more about Oh My Word Podcast and keep track of all the great stuff we're up to. Please follow us on Instagram at Oh My Word Podcast or check us out at eltenabout.com. Music is by Tim Burke. Thanks so much for joining us. Catch you next time.